Hello again and welcome to episode 46 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine, and this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. And thanks for being with us today. This is a very special holiday edition of the Street Photography Magazine podcast, and I'm joined with Matt Jerems. You might have remembered Matt a former Clevelander, now a Londoner, and he picked up a new accent along the way. <laughs> Matt, welcome. Happy holidays, Bob. How are you? Yeah, happy holidays to you, too. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hey, the reason we're doing this is uh, Matt and I were both in Cuba, probably not even a week apart. Um, no, actually, it was two days, Bob. Two days. It was two yeah. days apart. Man. Yeah. I know, I know. We should have planned that a lot better. Yeah, we really should have. I was I was just getting ready to leave, and Matt posted on our Facebook group a photo from Cuba, so I reached out to him immediately, and he actually was able to get my my email, or maybe it was a Facebook uh, messenger. And I said, how long are you going to be there? Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> mm. I but, know. Oh, wow. So that's too bad. We've never met in person. And here we could could have met, you know, down in the Caribbean somewhere. That would have been fantastic. But all the more reason why we have to plan for the future for the next one, because there's there's absolutely no doubt I want to go back as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, as Matt Matt even said, you know, why don't we get together and do a special podcast talking about our Cuban adventure, share stories. So why not? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to shoot the breeze and. Talk about photography in Cuba, and and uh, hopefully you guys find it interesting enough to stick around for a half hour or so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. So, Matt, so tell me, how long were you there? What, uh, you know, why did you go there in the first place, other than photography? Oh, I, I, you know what, Cuba's been one of my sort of bucket list places for I don't know, 20 years. I've, I've always wanted to go there. It's been, it has long been on a, on a list of places to go. Um, it's relatively cheap to get there. And yeah, the photography angle, I mean, the thing is, is as we were discussing before, a, a lot of photographers are going over there now. It's a lot easier to get to now than it has been. Um, Cuba is getting more and more up for the tourist industry. So um, I decided to take the plunge. Yeah, in November. And I did five days uh, in Havana, and then five days in Valadero, which is a which is a resort town. Nothing like as much as uh, as interesting as Havana. It's it's, it's like a resort town basically. Um, but that enabled me to do day trips to Santa Clara and Trinidad as well. So I took in four places in Cuba over a period of about 10 11 days still nowhere near enough time but um enough for it to make such a big impact on me I mean it was it was just an incredible trip yeah and I mine was a lot different because we went on a cruise um I would I would much rather have done it the way you did but we um you know we, we moved and it was it was a lot it was a lot of work and pretty stressful and we actually we have a lot of Marriott points, so we thought let's use these Marriott points and go on a cruise, and we'll go to Cuba. We're we're not much for cruising. We thought well, that's a good way to go there. So uh, so that was kind of cool. We spent a couple of days in Miami Beach at South Beach, 
which was a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, then we got on the cruise. We were about the youngest people on it, I right. think. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. Hey, and we just turned sixty-five, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm 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 exaggerating actually, but <laughs> that must have been it was it was it was like every night at dinner it was like going to God's waiting room. But uh... <laughs> oh god, I can just see it now. You and the missus causing trouble for everybody. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> we great. did, but uh, then they all everybody fell asleep after that. But uh, yeah, we only spent two days there. We uh, went to Cienfuegos, and then. Uh, then we were at sea for a day, and then we went to Havana, and so two very different places, and and it was um, it was a nice contrast. So yeah, yeah, because Cienfuegos Fuegos is is very different to Havana, and I, I I had a couple of hours there as well. Wish I'd spent longer. It looked like one of the most interesting places. It was very interesting, and uh, we we hired guides, uh, basically private guides, both times. Which is nice. I I'm not one for going on big tours on buses with lots of people, and no. I I refuse to do it. I mean I, I don't care if I'm like dumped in the middle of the ocean or something. I I wouldn't do that. So well, they uh, tend to be rushed, don't they? Yeah, yeah. No no rush. You know, we just got there, hooked up with our guide, and 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 went on our merry way. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna put the contact information for the two people we worked with. They were excellent, and uh, both very, very interesting and a lot of fun, very flexible. So I'm going to put it in the uh, show notes in case anybody's looking for uh, a guide in Havana or Cienfuegos. I would highly recommend both these individuals. I think that you raise an interesting point, actually, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto the photography soon. But I think traveling to Cuba, my my um, preference was to go with. Uh, experts in Cuba because it is a country that is very very different from your country and my country as well and sometimes it's good to deal with experts in who deal solely with trips to Cuba and the company I went with was called Cuba Direct mm-hmm. and they were absolutely ama- they were absolutely amazing they told me the best way to stay in Cuba which actually is not in a hotel it's actually in to stay in somebody's house is is by far and away the best way to go to Cuba um, it's kind of like their version of Airbnb. I just assumed I'd be going to a hotel, but um, he advised to go and stay at a local house with local people who can absolutely give you the best advice on where to go, places to go, uh, places to avoid. And and that, to me, was a complete lifesaver. My housekeeper at um, my casa in, in Havana, which was right in the old town, was indispensable i could not have had anywhere near as much fun if she wasn't so informative and generous with her time so i definitely would advise if you if you're going to cuba to deal with experts because it is in many ways a challenging place to go very very rewarding but as we've discussed previously bob there are its challenges when you when you go to a country like cuba and what did you pay for a room there uh it was the equivalent of 28 dollars a night wow Oh, I know and, it was, and it was brilliant. I mean, it was amazing. You know, you have a massive room with a shower, with AC, and this was right in the heart of old Havana. And I was close to absolutely everything in the old town. It was incredible. And, yeah, I know the hotels are really expensive. And they're not that good. No, they don't look like it. Um, no, I no, know they're not. 
in Cienfuegos, there are only like three, three big hotels, and it seemed like everybody stayed in these hotels, and they all get packed on the buses and ride around and look at things, and they come back to the hotels, and they really didn't leave. And it seems to me you want to really experience a city there, the way the no locals fun do. In that. There's, there's no fun in that. And the thing is, the locals are so friendly and accommodating. Um, they don't speak very good English, or at least the ones that I had connections with. They didn't. They weren't great on English, but they would still help you as much as they can. And, um, you, you know, you don't have to get... I'm like you. I mean, I couldn't think of anything more miserable than getting on a bus with a load of people and rushing through places where I just wanted to walk around and take pictures and have a cup of coffee and soak up the culture. Um when you know cabs and and transport you don't want to do the public transport because it's awful but cabs and things <laughs> like that are so that's it's terrible the public transport is shocking um but you know you the cabs and these little bubble cars are so cheap and they're everywhere that um that's by far and away the best way of, of taking in certainly a city like havana anyway yeah i think getting around is a lot easier in havana and well, my only other experience was Cienfuegos. That was would have been a little more difficult for mm-hmm. getting cabs, but it's not that big, and, and you can walk just about everywhere. Yeah, that's right. And you've got that fabulous square, haven't you? Which is incredible. Yeah, that was cool. That was yeah. really cool. So, what was your favorite part? Um, I think my favorite part was, you know, my favorite part was walking because havana is very safe and i think there's a perception that it isn't but it's actually extremely safe and because it was a very very warm place um i found it very comfortable to walk and walk around at night and um havana is a really interesting place to walk around at night because even in even when it's very dark there's still a lot of bustle on the streets there's still a lot of people out and about um and uh, the, the the best part for me was yeah was literally exploring the city at night it was fantastic. Um, and like I said, it's very, very safe. And, um, you know, a great place to, great time to shoot pictures as well. Because you're doing that night photography thing at the moment, aren't you? You're doing yeah. a promotion? Yes, we yeah, are. I'm, I, yeah, yes. I'm going to yeah. submit some stuff, I think, because I took some great pictures, nighttime pictures in Havana. And, um, yeah, so there was there was a lot of things I really liked. But I think if one thing stuck in my mind was, one, the friendliness of the people and two just walking around the streets at night when it's, it's it's nice and cool well not nice and cool but cooler than during the day and um just leisurely strolls in the middle of the night you know i wouldn't even do that in london um so yeah that was that was that was really good fun yeah I, that's one thing i'm sorry we missed was the nightlife because i i hear it's really a good place at night and yeah the, it's the very music, vibrant i love the music yeah, the music was great. I mean, I'm 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 not neither. I'm not really a drinker, but so I didn't really do the. So I know there are lots of clubs and bars, but even just walking the back streets of town, providing you look where you're walking, because as we've yeah. discussed as well, the the sidewalks are terrible. But um, you know, there's still so much to take in. There's still a lot of bars and cafes and places open. There's still a lot of bustle in the streets, and the people are so interesting to take pictures of. It's literally there's it's never ending every street corner offers something new and different and and that's one of the best things about Havana we've got a funny story about that I, um, <laughs> yes, we do. 
Yeah, because I, I haven't published many of my photos. I put a couple in the Facebook group, and that's about it. And so I put one of a, as we were walking down the street not long after getting off the ship, and there was a older gentleman, and he's looking at me, and and he asked me if I wanted to take his photo, and I said, sure. So I took a few shots of him. I wanted to get some nice, you know, some portraits of some of the local people, so I, I took a few photos of him. I gave him a little money and published a photo, and Probably a half hour later, Matt sends me a message. Hey, I have a picture of that same guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the thing is, um, you did a great interview a few weeks back uh, with a lady who had also been to Cuba. Yes. And had, and had taken a picture of a gent in Trinidad. <laughs> and I took exactly the same picture of the same dude in Trinidad. So, that you know, there, there, there is, um, there's quite a good living to be made. You know, if 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 you if you're that way inclined, um, you know, there's there's, there's obviously the, the stereotypical one of uh, of an old lady with the cigar. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the cigar. I don't know if you ever noticed, but the cigars are never lit. <laughs> They're always unlit cigars. Um, but they're just sitting on a street corner with these unlit cigars, looking absolutely fantastic and making about two bucks a time. So. You can't blame them. You know, if they're, no. if they're taking home 50 bucks a month, which is their average salary, remember? No, it's, um, it's not even that. You know, no, it's no, it's exactly. It's yeah, it's it's very, very low. But uh, I don't begrudge them anything. It was great fun. I just thought it was very funny that literally you had been in exact because that guy doesn't move from that part of town. That's probably guy, his so, spot. So that's his spot. So you and I were both there like three days apart, which is just incredible. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that weird? Small world, huh? Yeah, I'm sure he shows up on a lot of websites and uh, Facebook posts. Certainly does, as, as does the guy in Trinidad as well. I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm going to see a lot more of him. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to, uh, you have to show me which photo you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll send them over. So, what was, uh, I don't know, what was the biggest surprise that that you didn't expect? Um. I mean, the, the, the surprises, it's a, the way, the best way to describe Havana is it's gloriously ragged. It's, it's, it's very, very run down. It's very, um, I, broken is not the right word, but it's very, very run down. It's, it's clearly has a struggling economy. It's not, I think tourism one is one of the, the big, uh, things in in Havana now, because it, it 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 is very run down. It is very ragged, and and I wasn't prepared for quite how um, behind they were in things like roadworks and pavements and, and public transport and you know things like the internet. I mean, as as you know, it is a struggle to get any decent internet service. You you buy it at an hour of time. And it reminded me of the old AOL from back in 2001. You you can't upload any photographs, really. It's 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 a it's a bare minimum of internet, and that's just it takes you you know it, it kind of takes you aback a little bit because you, you know this is um, it's a it's a large city. There's over two million people that live there, but it is very very run down, and you have to go there with an open mind because the city itself is quite challenging uh, because English is not very well spoken there there are a few people that do speak passable english but you've got to prepare yourself for quite a, a culture shock i think is the best way of describing it you know and the food the food is pretty awful 
<laughs> you know, I found I found one cafe. I found one cafe that served some nice food, and I went there every day for every meal and had the same thing every meal. <laughs> so for lunch, for lunch it was it was chicken soup and um, shredded beef, and for dinner it was chicken soup and shredded beef. We went to we went to a pretty nice place in Havana. It was funny. Our our guide took us there, and it was way out. I mean, it was probably a twenty minute drive from the old town. And so we go in this place. It was, it was very nice. It was a uh, privately owned restaurant, Paladar. That's the, the term for it. So we go in there and we see all these people from the cruise ship. So all these guides mm-hmm. take their people to the same restaurant. And uh, but in Cienfuegos, we went to another Paladar, which was not so good. Not bad, but not great. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. If you want some good Cuban food, go to Miami. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. I think if you want good Cuban food in Europe, then go to London. But, but, but oh boy, you know, because there, there are some, <laughs> there are some really good Cuban restaurants in London, and you know, I, like I said, this, these are still not reasons to not go to Havana. There, oh, there no. are so many, there are so many rewards. Absolutely, not least the, the loveliness of the people and the friends that you make. Um, it's also very good value for money, and it's extremely interesting if you're interested at all in the revolution and you know what happened before the sixties and after the sixties. It's it's very very interesting. I was, believe it or not, I was about a hundred yards uh, from the Revolutionary Museum, which used to be the Presidential Palace. Oh yes, and yeah, and there's still bullet holes in that building. Um, and now it's a it's an incredible museum. Um, that's dedicated to the revolution. So there's a lot of Che Guevara stuff, lots of Fidel Castro stuff and, and artifacts, which is very, very interesting. Um, so, so, you know, there's, there's a lot to see and do in, in the old city and it, it, you know, it's, it's very easily, very easy to get around, but the best way of doing it is just to get in those little cabs um, or rickshaws and, and doing it that way. Cause it's a few bucks and they'll take you everywhere. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You you were talking about the history, and you know, growing up in the U.S. through the Cuban Missile Crisis, and I even remember the Revolution. I was pretty young, but you know, growing up in the '60s with the Red Scare, and um, it was uh, it, it was interesting to hear their side of things, mm. which you you know you very, don't very normally do. I mean, we grew up with our own propaganda, and of course, they have plenty of propaganda. Yes, I mean, you know, that goes with, yeah, that goes with the, with yeah, with the government, I suppose. Yeah. You know, you, you'll always get that. But I think it's important to say that there is no animosity. I mean, I, I, I met a load of Americans while I was in Havana, and they all said the same thing. There's no animosity between the Cuban people and the American people. Yeah. Um, that might be different between the governments, but I think as a society, I think um, that's certainly not the case. Yeah. I found them very friendly to everybody. Absolutely. I remember we were in China once, and uh, just across the road from our hotel was supposed to be the best Peking duck restaurant in town, and we went there, and we were the only Westerners in the place, mm-hmm. and, and we couldn't even get a seat, and there's a couple that waved us over and had us sit down with them. They didn't speak, they spoke a little bit of English. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady spoke Russian, 
and I knew a little bit of Slovak from my mother, <laughs> and so we were able to piece things together. But the guy, the husband, they were probably in their 60s at the time, and the husband was a Vietnam vet on the other side. Wow. And so he fought with the Viet Cong, and that was very interesting. And, you know, like you say, there's no animosity between the people. It's the government's. So, yes, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is just down to the governments. Um, you know, they, 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 they want to trade with the Americans, and, and that, that's all they want to do. They just want to live their life. Because if you noticed, you know, I know they're saying, oh, I don't know if I could live like that. I don't know if I could live like that. I mean, nobody complains no. about living, living under socialism or communism, whatever you want to call it. I, I never heard one dissenting voice. I found it a very accommodating and happy society where people got along. I've, I found that their respect they have for one another was refreshing. I found that the, the, the equality between men and women is better than pretty much any other country I've ever been to. And, you know, you're looking at a country with a 97% child literacy rate. They're doing something right. You know, I can't say I would like to live that way because, as you know, I make commercials and try to sell things. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but you know, there's a lot to be said for it. I, 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 I didn't see any dissenting voices. I didn't see an unhappy place. I found quite the opposite. I found people that were very pleased with their lot in life. And, and there's clearly something to be said for, for a society that, at least to me, seemed very, very fair. Um, I agree. I agree. I, I found the same thing. And it was very refreshing. And... And they were nice to us. I mean, what, what can I say? Yeah, I think that's all you want, isn't it? You just, people were very, very nice and, and, and very, very helpful and uh, went out of their way to make sure that, that um, we knew where we were going. And uh, I, I, like I said, I, I just got it fixed in my head now that I just have to go back and, and do all the bits that I missed because there was still a lot of bits that I missed. And uh, from a street photography point of view, it's, it's right up there. It's one of the best places I've ever been to. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it is. I mean, the the backgrounds are great. The uh, the light is just different. I don't know what I can say about the light, but it's, yeah, it's... I, you're absolutely right. I think whatever you're when we're talking about street photography, if you're, you know, if you're one of those guys that wants to capture the moment, it's perfect. If you're one of those people that likes to crunch the shadows, it's perfect because the light is amazing. It caters for every single photographer because the textures are great, the colors are great. Um, there's so much detail. I mean, those old houses, um, the people, what they're dressed, how they're dressed, rather, their characters. Um, I mean, it, it really, like I said before, it's around every street corner, there's a brilliant photograph. And I came back with hundreds of keepers, and that's unlike any other trip I've ever been on. Yeah, same here. Same here. I, I probably didn't. I didn't get as high a percentage as you, just because of what we did, um, the way we traveled. But it was still a great experience photographically. Were you by yourself? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a good way to go when you're going to be uh, when you're going to be shooting on the streets. Yeah, it, it is. I got absolutely no distractions at all, and um, and it was it was great. It was completely everything was at my own pace, and. Um, yeah, that was exactly the way I wanted to shoot. Um, so yeah, it was. It was. That's that's the way I nearly always shoot, is is by myself. So what were you shooting with on this trip? 
Um, I took the Sony. There's a little Sony called the RX1R, which is a very small, compact, full-frame camera. Um, I did a review for you uh, for the magazine a couple months back, and I took that, which comes with a built-in 35mm f2 carl zeiss lens which is incredible it's the sharpest lens i've ever shot with and i also took a uh, a wide adapter which sony don't make one i actually got one for the Ricoh gr which does fit and and works at certain apertures really um yeah yeah huh. it was great actually yeah yeah it was great so i had two focal lengths i had a 24 mil with the Ricoh and then the 35 which is a perfect travel setup for yeah, me because you know I, li- I, li- I like to shoot wide um, and they and it was full frame and and you know it, I was so happy with the pictures that I got that the RX one is is a clunky little devil. It really is not the easiest camera to use, but when it works, it really does work. Didn't you say you had a zone focus most of the time? All the time, yeah. Um, I had it uh, because the, yeah the RX one um, it, because it's the early iteration of the Sony's. It's 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 focusing is is pretty pretty poor it's okay in good light um but it's 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 unusable in bad light and just to save time because i really like sort of i don't like having any lag at all um i just set it to yes i was shooting in complete manual you'll be pleased to know that i'm also using auto iso bob which we discussed the last time mm-hmm. we uh, did a podcast together so i used the auto iso i set it to manual to f8 a shutter speed of about 250th to 500 yeah. depending on the light and focus down to about a meter, just over a meter, which gave me a nice little zone focus of about one meter to two meters thereabouts. So it was a nice little range. And 99% of the pictures that you've seen uh, were shot that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, especially with, it's so bright there. You can you can stop down like that with no, with no trouble. Yeah. Yeah, F8. Sometimes it was even F11 I shot down to. Um, and I was still getting great ISOs, like, you know, between 1 and 400 and uh, getting the speeds that I wanted. And it was, you know, it's instant. That's the one thing. When you're set to manual everything, um, it's instant. There's no lag at all. So providing you're a good gauge of distance, it's it's there and it's ready. And um, like I said, it was it was from that point of view, it was a very successful trip for photography. Yeah, I use my I had my Fuji X100F and mm-hmm. then I have an adapter too. I have the Fuji adapter which is a 28. Right. And uh but the adapter's pretty big. And it it makes it heavy in the front. Yeah, yeah, and that's the same with mine. The the Ricoh one is 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 it makes it a little bit front heavy. Um, but, but, um, I do like the width and, and the, the quality was still there. I couldn't use the lens wide open when I had the adapter on. I had to start at about F4, mm-hmm. but everything F4, F4 down was, was absolutely fine. Pin sharp. And I know that that, that Fuji one that you have that is, is actually optically brilliant as well. There's no discernible loss of quality when you use no, it, is there? Not at all. Not at all. No, no um, exactly. Yeah. You don't lose a stop or anything like that. No, that's right. That's right. And uh, you know, when you when you look at it, I had a complete full frame setup that I could almost put in my pockets, which yeah. is which is crazy, really. That so that so that's another reason I did like to travel. I'd always travel light, and whilst it was tempting to 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 pack the Fuji in a couple of lenses, I really wanted to to go really light because it was just me. 
and it didn't really matter. So um, I, I packed the, the Sony and the, the extra wide lens, which took up absolutely no space at all, and just gave me some some of the most amazing pictures. That that Carl's Eye Sonar lens is just the greatest lens I've ever shot with. It is so sharp. Some wow. I would even say it was too sharp sometimes. But <laughs> Sometimes. Well, the thing is, when you're taking pictures of people, you, you really see things that I would never have got with with, with any other setup. It, it literally is that sharp. You just think, wow, there's a wrinkle on a wrinkle. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, you can always... You know, you can always do something in post, add some grain. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, but yeah, I, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I might opt to do that, or, or just you know, take the clarity down a little bit and, and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's kind of, it gives an interesting look to the pictures. There was a, there was a chap I took, quite, a, quite an old gentleman who had a particularly wrinkled face, and he was dressed all in green, and he had rolled up his top, just over his stomach, so his stomach was out. And it was, it was a strange picture, but but I, I literally got about a meter and a half away from him and took the picture, hoping that that I'd set the camera properly. And when I got back in Lightroom and had a look in Lightroom, it was just the clarity and the sharpness just was incredible. And um, for all its clunkiness, and it is a real it's it's, it's a real ball ache to use sometimes the Sony, certainly compared to the Fuji X Pro when it hits it really does hit and i have no regrets in 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 taking that little camera over over the fuji on this occasion well that's a pretty gutsy move to go on a trip like that especially a trip mainly for photography and you take an older camera yeah and certainly one that i wasn't as familiar with either but but i you know i you know you you yeah look it's all about getting out of your comfort zone isn't it you know yeah this is why this is why we do these things is to test ourselves yeah. And, uh, and and certainly I thought, you know what, I'm going to do something different. And it, and on this occasion, it, it worked. It was great. Yeah, you're familiar with it now. Yeah, yeah, I certainly am. I certainly am. Although, I, I'll be honest with you, I've, 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 since I've got back, I've been shooting the Fuji a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Fuji is my London camera. I think it's because of the rain that we're getting at the moment, because it's so it's weatherproof, the Fuji. So um maybe that's the reason but you know what it's it's like a breath of fresh air when i use it after i've been using the sony for a period of time i pick up the fuji and it's so responsive it's so quick it's so sensible in the way it's designed that it's it's like a breath of fresh air and and i have great fun using it and i switch it to autofocus switch it back to aperture priority and i know 100 percent of the time it's going to take care of it and which uh which fuji do you have x pro 2 Ah, the X-Pro2. Mm. I keep thinking about buying that one. I used to hear a lot of complaints about it with the uh, the eye cup falling off, things like yeah, that. Yeah, mine, mine did. Yeah, mine did as well. But, but you know, you, you, can, you, you can buy them you know, on eBay for four bucks if it falls off. And I just – I did. I, I probably shouldn't have done, but I just attached my new one with some super glue. And I've had – I've, I've, yeah, I've had no problems with it since. And the thing is, other than that, and that really is to me the only issue, it's been a really reliable camera. The X Pro One was was very reliable. I still have my X Pro One as well. And um, yeah, I, they, they've never given me a wink of trouble. Never given me a wink of trouble. Yeah, I wish I would have kept my X Pro One. Except I could never get a diopter to work on it for me. Yeah, I know that there was a problem there as well. Um, yeah, because it's it, the, the viewfinder wasn't that great if you're a glasses wearer, which I think we both are, aren't we? Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah it wasn't great but you see that to me that x pro one is the best black and white digital camera money can buy i think that original chip that 16 megapixel pixel x trans one chip for black and white there is no better chip than that chip i've heard a lot of people say that it does have a, a unique feel to it it, you know what? I, I can do things with that old 16 megapixel sensor that I can't do with any other. And certainly it's the most filmic out of all of the Fuji sensors. That very first X-Trans is the most filmic out of all of them. You can do some crazy, very malleable in Lightroom and great fun to use, especially in black and white. It's brilliant. I, I actually think the reason why it's so good is because Fuji really didn't pay any attention to video because the video on that camera is shocking. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason is, is because they put everything into making the stills as good as possible with, with the later models, they, they've tried to make it more video centric. And I think as a result, you're losing that secret source that the X trans gave you for the first iteration. That's my theory. Anyway, I love my X pro too, but it has nowhere near the same amount of character as the X pro one does. Yeah. Personally, I could care less about video. Yeah, I, I couldn't give a monkeys. You know, I, I, I really don't care about video. I, I buy a camera for stills, and I want the maximum quality out of my stills. You know, obviously, I work in film, so I can get a video camera anytime I want if I wanted to shoot video. But no, I couldn't I couldn't give a monkeys about about video. I, I bought the, the X-Pro is designed for the stills photographer. The X100F, which you have, is designed for the stills photographer. And um, if they took it out, if the X-Pro3 comes out and they took video out, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, tell me, or not tell me, but somebody is planning to go to Cuba and they want some advice. What would be the most important thing to tell them? Uh, the most important thing to tell them is to go there with an open mind. Because you'll see you'll see a country where there's a lot of, where people have um, you have a lot of things that they don't, and I think go there with an open mind, accept that it's very different to where you come from, um, be accepting of the people. They really are trying to be friendly. They don't want something from you. They are genuinely wanting to keep tourists happy, and um, they they are very very nice kind people. And I think is to go there with an open mind, be trusting. I'll be quite honest with you. Um, they're not that big on having their picture taken unless they get a bit of cash for it. Um, obviously, you know, the way that I take pictures is, you know, I'm a deceitful bastard and I try and hide, <laughs> hide it out as much as I can. And I got away with it for the most part. Um, but otherwise, you know, they, they do expect a few quid or dollars, pesos, whatever. Um, if you do want to take their picture, particularly if it's a tourist picture, like a, an old lady with the cigar, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, you, like I say, I, I guess it's, you can't blame them for that, but, um, I think go there with an open mind and just try and absorb as much of the culture as you can, because it, it, it's a real eye opener. The rewards are there. The rewards are amazing. You'll, you'll come back a different person. Um, if you really integrate yourself into into their culture, and I think um, that's the lesson that I learned, and that's basically the reason why I want to go back. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Keep an open mind. Don't uh, don't assume everybody has your values. Um, I know uh, many many Americans don't even have passports. Yeah, most of them don't. don't. 
<laughs> yeah, most of them, most of them don't. I mean, until nine yeah. eleven, I think only ten percent of Americans had passports. I yeah. think we're preaching to the choir here, talking to other photographers. But uh, yeah, you you just have to be prepared to be to be surprised and to see uh, Fidel's face everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's certainly, it's, yeah, well, it actually shades, you see, most of it. Fidel, occasionally, but he he did make a point of when he, when he um, just before he died, he said, I don't want any statues, I don't want to be on any stamps, I don't want to be on any, mm. on anything. But you see a lot more Shay, you see yep. a lot more Shay Guevara than you do Fidel. Yeah, he's, um, he's an interesting character. <laughs> yeah, very interesting, you know, and whether or not you're, you're for or against it, it's irrelevant, it's part of history. It's part of it's part of our history, uh, especially yours. I mean, yeah, you know, that's for sure. You know, that's 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 for sure. Um, and also, of course, if I was to give some more advice, is wear the best shoes that you can find. Yes. Um, particularly ones that support the ankle, because the pavements and the roads, there are potholes everywhere, and you really have to look where you're going. Yes. Uh, there's, you know, you didn't you say that you saw someone? Oh <laughs> fall yeah. Through the yeah, and Cienfuegos, the, yeah. the group of guys wanting to, you know, hire themselves out for tours or whatever. And one guy stepped between a sewer grate. I mean, he lived there and he knew the corner. He he stepped right through the sewer grate. It wasn't very deep, but he f- pulled his foot back out and it was all brown. Mm. And he did not look happy. Um, no, I I, I I wouldn't have done either. I wouldn't have done either. No, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's It's, you know... The, the money, the small amounts of money that they have in, in Cuba does not go on maintenance of the roads or the bridges or no. the pavements or, or, or anything like that. Um, so you do have to really watch where you're going. I, I must have nearly broken my ankle half a dozen times. Yeah. Uh, just purely because I was, I was shooting the way I would normally shoot. I would always look 20 feet in front of me, which is, is suicidal in a city like Havana. You can't, you can't trust that that your next step is going to be on level ground. No, no, you can't. You have to be really careful. And that's some of the, you do get used to it. You do get used to it. But um, certainly that was something. Yeah. So, so wear, wear very sensible shoes, which, which have ankle supports if possible, because, wow, I nearly done myself a mischief so many times. <laughs> oh, I do have another tip. And if you're coming from the U.S., get euros. Or get pounds, whatever you can get, or Canadian dollars. Don't or Canadian, yeah, or yeah, Canadian. euros, yeah, yeah, euros or Canadian, yeah, because they do charge extra. They charge thirteen percent, uh, I think. Yeah, something yeah. like that. For it's a penalty for using American dollars. I yeah. had a bunch of euro at home, and I didn't even think to bring it. Had no idea. Yeah, if you're traveling from the UK, I found that uh, euros gave you a, a slightly better uh, exchange rate than pounds did. So I got euros and changed them up there. Well, thanks, Matt. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to you about this since you know I saw we were there at the same time. So before we go, tell us where people can find you. Uh, the best place to find me would be Instagram, which is which is Capital Faces. And um, if you just want to see my Cuba stuff, I did a Thirty Days of Cuba. Hashtag. So if you're not part of uh, Instagram, but you still want to see my Cuba stuff, just hashtag 30 days of Cuba, all lowercase. And uh, that should take you to, to, to the pictures that I posted on, on Instagram. Very good. Yeah. 
And you can find me a couple places at streetphotographymagazine.com. And my personal website is bobpatterson.me. That's M-E. And uh, that's it. So thanks again, Matt. Thank you, Bob. And uh, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Are you staying home or are you traveling? No, we are staying home for a change. Excellent. Well, I hope it's a nice, peaceful one. Yeah, and you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, too. Thank you, sir. And uh, hopefully we'll... Yeah. On. One more thing. Go Browns. Sure. <laughs> Go Brownies. Isn't it wonderful to have a quarterback that can play? Oh yeah. And we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to bore everybody with that one, but <laughs> No, we don't, but Go Browns. Go Go Browns. Fantastic.